everybody, I'm Kai Rizzo. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this Thursday, February the 8th. I'm chuckling because if I had read the script, I would have called myself Kyra's doll, but I'm not Kyra's doll. I'm Kimberly. You are indeed Kimberly Adams. Uh, It is Thursday. It's the audio day. Uh, Listen back to some parts of some of the big stories of the week, uh, and we will uh, discuss briefly. So let's get the first one. So in the projections we released today, the deficit grows from $1.6 trillion in 2024 to $2.6 trillion in 2034. Measured in relation to the economic output, deficits during that period are about 50% larger than their historical average over the past 50 years. That is the head of the nonpartisan (laughs) Congressional Budget Office. His name is Phil Swagel. Uh, they came out yesterday, I guess, Wednesday, uh, with their budget and economic outlook for the next 10 years. It's, it's super interesting. There's a lot in there. Um, the thing that Swiggle is talking about, obviously the debt and deficit, um, the problem with the debt and deficit is, uh, what's called debt service, right? We borrow bajillions of dollars and with interest rates where they are, think about the tenure that I talk about on the show every day, right? It's like 4% ish right now, as opposed to half a percent about two, three years ago. Um, not only are you paying more for your mortgages and your car loans, but the government is paying more to borrow money to fund all the things that the government does. And that's a challenge and a problem with a debt of $34 trillion and a deficit that is getting bigger every single year. Two things. I was so struck by how cheerful he was delivering yeah, that message. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. So that's true. it was a little disorienting. Yeah. He was just like, and we're going to be so much more in debt. And I, I'm sure it's just because, you know, somebody who spends a lot of time crunching the numbers, it's nerve wracking to be in front of that many yeah, people and totally, stuff. But anyway, totally. um, but I, I, you know, we say it's a problem. We talk about it like it's a problem. But every time we have these discussions about the the debt and the cost to service the debt and things like that, someone will inevitably say on on whichever social media platform, yes, but Americans who own government bonds or Americans who are invested in retirement accounts that own government bonds are the ones getting that money. They are the ones getting the interest that the government is paying. Therefore, it's funneled back into the economy. And so it's not actually that bad. What do you think of that? I think to some degree, that's certainly true. I would also remind all those who say that, that something like $1.3 trillion worth of American debt is owned by the government of Japan. Something like $800 billion worth is owned by the government of China. So while there is some degree of return, to American taxpayers, in addition to the services they get for borrowing that money, like roads and bridges Mm -hmm. and all of those things, not small parts of it go to uh, foreign nations. And and also, by the way, corporate America. Mm -hmm. That too? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, On to the next. Uh, If you remember last week's Senate hearing with those big tech CEOs, this is a clip from Senator Amy Klobuchar, who was speaking about that hearing and and other similar hearings with Marketplace tech host Lily Jamali. And Lily was asking why these hearings are actually important, especially when we don't often see outcomes or results from them. Here's what Klobuchar had to say. They have stopped every single measure from going through. So if there's a crack in the armor and a few of the companies support one bill, that actually helps me to get it done. 
if I get them on the record, because then that puts pressure on the other companies. Actually, the fact that we have arrived on a grouping of bills on kids that we believe together will work, that makes a difference. In last week's hearing, the CEO of Discord said he'd support the SHIELD Act, which is an online child safety bill that Klobuchar co-sponsored. Klobuchar also said that uh, that kind of support can go a long way when it comes to getting other members of Congress to push a bill forward. She also talked about how states are starting to pass online child safety laws, which puts pressure on the federal government to follow suit. But one point in that interview, which I encourage folks to go back and listen to, that I thought was interesting was that Klobuchar was saying getting these tech CEOs on the record in a congressional hearing can often provide fodder for other agencies to take action. So if the Department of Justice wants to do something uh, to, you know, put some pressure on these tech companies, they can go to what they said in congressional testimony on the record, you know, to use that as evidence. And it's sort of like, you know, discovery in a trial in some ways, which I thought was pretty interesting. I, uh, so I was listening to Tech This Morning uh, live, as it were, uh, as I do every morning at 447. I'm sitting there with my cup of coffee and I damn near spit it out all over myself when Klobuchar (laughs) said, oh yes, we'd love to, but the companies are against it and they have stopped every single one. Oh no, Senator Klobuchar, if only I was an elected representative of one of the 50 states of this union and had some freaking power. Come on, Mm. man. You cannot possibly blame the companies for not doing anything legislatively. I understand lobbying. I understand all of that. But leadership means... I'm sorry. I'm on on my rant, and I don't mean to. Leadership means making Mm. hard decisions. And if Mark Zuckerberg says, on the one hand, yes, please regulate us, which he does, but in closed doors, any of them say, ooh, no, we can't have this, stop. Just freaking stop. Well, I don't understand what else do you think Klobuchar specifically should be doing? Well, look, let's write a bill. Let's rally the public. Let's actually have hearings of substance instead of show, which is what this hearing was, right? There was a whole lot of theatrics, and and Lily did actually make that point. Um, and mm-hmm. let's, let's move a bill and do the lobbying and do the actual hard legislative work. I understand that there are many members of Congress, specifically in the Republican Party, but also some in the Democratic Party who are not interested in visiting this issue or many other issues. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't try. But you can't go out there and say, oh, no, they stop us at every turn. That's that's hooey. Uh, I don't know. I think right. I'm inclined to believe some of it because I, I talked to Klobuchar about almost this exact issue several years ago when I was hosting tech. And I went to her office and she was She'd written legislation. She'd put it on the floor. She was working on gaining allies and raising public attention to it. But there were other priorities. And, you know, not to say that she's a saint or anything like that, but, you know, there are many other members of of Congress. And even in this interview with Lily, she was saying that there are other priorities she knows that the Senate is going to look at first, namely uh, potentially trying to get whatever it remains of this border supplemental through the budget or appropriations, I should say, that needs to get dealt with in the next month or so. And then maybe a version of this can get through. Um, and I I guess we I, – I feel like we are in a situation where you can, as an individual member, um, want and hope as much as you want and write your legislation, but is 
particularly in such a divided Congress with such narrow majorities, you have limited power, even if you are a powerful member within Congress, which which she is. But what else can be done in this current environment? And I don't know that there's a whole lot more to do, but maybe I've no, gotten I think, too deep look, in the Washington I th- morass. No, I th- look, I think current environment is the operative phrase in what you just said, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I grant yeah. your, your major points. J- just tendentially, and I don't want to drag this out too long because we got things to do, um, does it not amaze you that Congress cannot seemingly do two things at once? It's like we can only deal with the border thing, and then we can only deal with X, Y, Z, and then we can only deal with PDQ. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> can't versus won't. Well, yeah, they won't, yeah. and which it, becomes a convenient. I wish crutch. it amazed. I wish it amazed me, but I've started to move over to your dark side of cynicism in that regard. So, well uh, earned, well earned cynicism. All right, let's go. Next one. We've watched for years the decline of the basically the linear bundle on cable and satellite. Um, and we've been preparing for a world where that business is not as strong as it used to be. Launching Disney Plus is an example of that, the investments we've made in content, the Fox acquisition, the acquisition, what that did in terms of our ownership of Hulu. All of these things are prepared for us to pivot as well as the world changes, as the world is disrupted. And by the way, I'd rather be a disruptor than to be disrupted. Bob Iger, the past and present CEO of the Walt Disney Corporation, talking about this new deal that broke this week where uh, Disney, Warner Brothers, and uh, Fox are going to come up with a new joint streaming platform. They're each going to own a third of it. The hope, of course, to make that platform the sort of one-stop shop for live sports, which is one of the things that really actually draws Um, New subscribers and viewers, super, super interesting to see if this is going to work. I saw a price tag on this thing of $50 a month. That is, you know, based on sources. But holy cannolis, I'm not paying 50 bucks a month to watch freaking football. Are you kidding me? Anyway. That was what I thought was most interesting about it was that they made this big announcement without saying how much it was. It's almost as if they're sort of testing the waters to see how people react to different suggestions of prices right. before they they land it because that's safer than having to backtrack from right. a from mispricing it on the front end right which I, I thought s- was rather clever i saw this morning i think it was in the wall street journal that even the sports leagues themselves didn't know this was coming until the announcements dropped so clearly there's mm. more negotiating that's gonna have to happen on rights and, and all that jazz Later in that same interview, they also dropped the news about Disney buying a stake in Epic Games, yes. which I thought was yep. in many ways even more interesting yep. because just the power of gaming and that platform as a revenue generator moving forward, I think, cannot be undersold, which is why um, our friends over at Marketplace Morning Report have been spending mm-hmm. a lot of time covering that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So super fascinating. OK, let's hear the next one. I'm not going to comment on the cost because it would alarm me too much, but we have some great <laughs> stars in, in there. Uh, we've got David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston uh, coming together. And then I'm a huge uh, soccer fan. So we've got the Beckhams as stars as well. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> I love I'm a huge soccer fan. So we have the Beckhams, yeah. even though only half of that yeah. couple is yeah. play soccer. But whatevs. Anyway, that was uh, CEO of Uber, Dara Kazvashahi. I always That's struggle with that. That's pretty good, yeah. Thank you. 
uh, on CNBC talking about the cost of running Super Bowl commercials. Um, and he was talking about the cost of airtime during and around the big game and that it was actually greater than the cost of producing the commercials, which was also very high. Uh, the estimates that CNN is reporting for a 30-second ad ranges from $6.5 million to $7 million just for those 30-second ads. And on a side note here, Uber actually posted an annual profit for the very first time mm-hmm. since becoming a public company in 2019. Um, Uber is so interesting to me because... Early in the years of Uber, I heard all these narratives about Uber was only paying drivers to mm-hmm. cover themselves until they could do, you know, autonomous vehicles. And that was the way that the service was actually going to make money. But that got pushed further and further out. And now Uber you know, has struggled to turn a profit totally. and has not been able to and has all these uh, litigation around it and, and legal challenges for how it treats its drivers and things like that. But nevertheless, has somehow been able to turn a profit, which I think is fascinating. $7 million for 30 seconds. Mm. That's crazy cakes, people. Crazy cakes. <laughs> all right, let's go. Last one, quickie. As sweethearts, we've always thought of these misprinted candies as rejects. Turns out they were just ahead of their time. Introducing Sweetheart's Situation Chips, the perfect Valentine's gift for 2024. We packaged only our blurriest, vaguest, most indecipherable candies to be perfect for your undefined relationships. What could possibly go wrong? Sorry, 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 sorry. (laughs) The way I cracked up when I saw this, because I saw it on, I don't know, Instagram, TikTok, something, and someone was, you know... Um, referencing it, and I'm like, this has to be an AI deep fake. No right. way. And it is not. It is a real thing where Sweethearts has found a way to take candies that they God. may have had to throw away in the past and put them in a box, and they have sold out multiple times at this point. Every time they do a new drop, they sell out. And I think it is just so on brand for where we are in mm-hmm. dating culture mm-hmm. in 2024. All the people in situationships. Also, it's just hilarious. And what a clever bit of, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining their ESG report at the end of the year right. when yeah. they can talk about how they reduced their waste oh <laughs> by doing this, quite frankly, amazing mm. marketing campaign to use what would have formally been thrown away. It's a very funny ad. It's a very funny concept. I was entertained and it, it made me chuckle. Undefined relationships. I just, I, I will say, and let me just speak for all the old married people out there. It must be brutal dating today. Brutal. Brutal. Oh, it's, it's brutal. unspeakable, Kai. Yeah, I, unspeakable. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. We're we're gonna go. Uh, you can tell us about your relationship status if you want. You can also tell us what Super Bowl ads you may or may not be watching, or what you think about Disney Plus, or anything you hear on this podcast today or in the past, or what you might like to hear in the future. Make me smart at marketplace.org. Five zero eight. You be smart. Yes, that is it for today. Join us tomorrow for Economics on Tap. The YouTube live stream starts at six thirty Eastern, three thirty Pacific. Hope to see you there. I just, I can't, could not. I was bad at dating when I was actually dating, dating. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker, audio engineering today by Drew Jostad. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Talia Mintaka is our intern. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcast. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. 
Yeah, it's it's a different world yeah, out no, here than it was. Hard pass. Hard <laughs> freaking pass. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.